0: You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hello, everybody. By the time this gets to your good ears, we will be talking eight, Ocho, eight days away from the 2021 NFL Draft in Cleveland, Ohio. Your host of Lockdown Brown's Jeff Lloyd, make sure you are following at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open. Questions, ideas for the show. Obviously, we're a little pretty uh draft centric here for the next, I'd say, what, eight days to two weeks. Um, but you know, ideas, questions. We do all we can to try to accommodate you. Make sure you're following the show at Lockdown Browns, follow back account. DMs are open, whether it is iTunes, whether it is Spotify, whether it is the brand new Odyssey app. Make sure you are following Lockdown Browns. Leave those five-star ratings and written reviews as we get closer and closer. I'll probably get him in, of course, you know, sometime next week before the uh, big big party breaks out in Cleveland, Ohio. From the OBR, good friend of the show, good friend just in general, Stephen Thomas. Buddy, how we doing?
0: Uh, doing good, man. You know, I mean, it's uh, – I'm still trying to survive the swarm – Uh, You know, I sent you that picture yesterday. (laughs) Oh, my goodness.
1: Steve is embedded. And the best part is this isn't even Steve's fault. There is a beehive. And now you see Steve puts out his cocktail pictures of him and his wife. And look, wine, beer, whatever it may be. Um, but it's not even on his property. It's on his neighbor's tree, but it is about 20 feet away from where Steve likes to enjoy his evening cocktail. And safe to say, um, I don't know if he's ever drinking again outside or the fact that they just might be moving. Um, but if, you, if you're looking for a nice piece of property in California, there may be one available soon.
0: Yeah, I'm going to, I'll uh, now that we're talking about it, I'll have to put the picture that I sent you out. I'll put it on Twitter or something like that. But I was I'm just sitting there and it, I swear to you, it was like a movie, like, mm, like that buzzing. <laughs> when it, when a
1: swarm and i was like
0: what the hell somebody's running a power tool like three streets away something like that and i look up and i was like okay that's it i'm going inside because yeah there the tree is like right on the property line it hangs over our property it's probably 15 20 feet away and this thing has got to be three feet by a foot deep and it and, and and i luckily i finally got a hold of my neighbor uh because they have these two little dogs and i was really afraid their little dogs were going to go outside start yapping piss off the hive and you know they would be a Unfortunate incident, but I was able to get him. He has not been able to call uh, the exterminator yet. And it was funny because I texted the picture uh, uh, to Jeff and we'll move on after this. But I said, holy crap, we need to call Orkin. And Jeff's <laughs> pardon my language, Jeff texts back, don't call Orkin, call the F National Guard. So <laughs> it's uh, you know, I mean it's okay. We're we're hanging in there and it's four twenty and I live in California, so you know, the government forced uh pot gummies, you know, they forced us to do everything the funniest thing is that. it
1: is currently four twenty Eastern time as Steve is actually saying these words.
0: <laughs> Holy crap it is. Oh wow, that was totally unplanned, but uh yeah, so you know, I gotta have to go full Spicoli or Big Lebowski here for the rest of the day by California law. But uh, we're doing good. We're doing good. Just I, I'm I'm glad we're in down into single digits, man. It's pretty exciting.
1: Uh, it most certainly is. And look, the reason hey for Steve throwing in that story, it's saved. We were gonna do thirty minutes of just straight linebacker talk because I know how much everybody is looking forward <laughs> to that. I'm joking with you guys. I'm joking with you. Um, but look, yeah, at this point. I think the talks get so it's like conversations you have with your significant other where you you both agree you were not going to agree, but yet somehow, oh, are you you, you sure you wanted to go with the mauve for the the paint in the bathroom? (laughs) We're to the point now on some of these draft conversations where nobody's going to agree and it's fine. And, you know, I remember, I know Jake put it out yesterday, and this probably is because the draft should be starting in 48 hours normally. Not another week in 48 hours. It's a little bit later this year. Um, but, yeah, yes, the exhausting part of it, yes. But in the same respect, though, Steve and I are going to be sitting around here a few days after May 1st going, all right, what the hell are we going to talk about? What are we going to write about? <laughs> so, folks, as much as it gets to be a grind, um, certainly pays the bills and certainly gives a lot of time for content. Steve, we'll get into players here in a second. Positional-wise, let's just go there. And this is where it got a little confusing last year, and we all, got the, we all got the lesson of you don't know what analytic folks are thinking. You don't know what analytic folks are doing. Oh, man, how many draft picks they have? Oh, maybe it'll be one offensive player. a oh, Tight end, a backup center, a uh, wide receiver. Um, but what, for you, do you think they need to walk out of here with? Bodies that can play what?
0: Uh, Well, for me, as it stands at this moment, uh, Corner is far and away uh, the number one spot that they have to hit. They could, I think they need to add uh, more pass rush. I think they're going to add another edge. I think they very well could uh, put another safety on the field. Uh, I think they could uh, uh, bring in another interior defensive lineman, although I think you and I are in agreement that they're Trying to move more to that hybrid NASCAR, whatever you want to call it, type of thing far more frequently outside of, you know, I don't know, fourth and one or goal line or something like that. But as it stands right now, they could run back the current safety group and it would be okay. They could run back the current pass rush group and it would be okay. You can't run what we have in the corner room out there right now and expect to compete for a Super Bowl. You just can't. I mean, greedy is still. A wild card of epic proportions. I, I hope he can come back. It sounds like he's doing well. And if he comes back, that's great. But even if he does, you have Denzel, Greedy, Troy Hill, and, and really, that's it that you can count on for coverage. That's not enough. So they need multiple corners. Um, and I think, uh, although you know, they've given themselves the freedom to do just about anything they want uh, on day one, and day two, for that matter, but especially day one, I think if their guy at corner is there at 26, that's the position they're going to hit.
1: And that's where, uh, you know, and I, I recorded with somebody else today. It was a guest on the show today. And that's where this is the perfect cornerback class for basically double dipping. Cause you have such a nice blend of these six, one, you know, six, one and a half taller corners. Mm-hmm. And then you have <clears> such a nice <throat> group of, you know, the traditional size, I mean, but when you talk about some of the top names, whether it's Horn, Sertan, Newsome, Malafon, all of these guys, they, they bring good size to the position. And you can go and get somebody more average size to the position. So double dipping, certainly uh, a way to go here, you know, one early, one maybe, you know, beginning of day three, whatever. But there's going to have to be, and even still, I, there still could be a veteran brought in here. Uh, Mm -hmm. into that cornerback room I'll be shocked
0: if there isn't to be honest I think they have to get somebody and we're all still hoping for Steven Nelson because he's a top guy out there I think but even if it's just some just a competent starter it doesn't have to be that you know if they can grab a a a Casey Hayward or you know I whoever name your guy there's still a few you know veterans out there that can come in and at least step in and give you reliable starter snaps while the rookie learns um, I don't think you can go into this year of your super first year of your Super Bowl window counting, relying, counting on heavy, important critical playoff time snaps from a rookie. I just I mean maybe they will, but I just I don't think this front office will go that route. I'll be very surprised if there's not a veteran brought in either before or after the draft.
1: Especially with the uncertainty of you know this draft class as opposed to everything that went on as far as the mm-hmm. 2020. Mm-hmm college season i got some this or that we're going to put pit two players against them here in the next segment we're going to let steve make his case for each one we got some listener questions coming the latest rolling on through here as Stephen thomas joins us here on locked on browns this episode is brought to you by 1010 a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced limited edition designs at fair price points 1010 is an exclusive collection of creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds uh, responsibly resourced from Botswania, 10 female designers have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They are the perfect way to bring light into her life. They are available now through Mother's Day only on blue Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced to you can give her something special and thought and truly meaningful. When I looked at these and I showed them to Mrs. Lloyd, Michelle Fantasia's ring stood out. Out like a you wouldn't believe it is a beautiful it is a conversation piece it is unique and cool if you're on a hunt for the perfect unique ring she'll treasure forever you're definitely going to want to check this out they won't be around for long so find them now by searching the 10 by 10 only at blue nile.com Built Bar is the new improved Built Bar is even more delicious. 18 amazing flavors now, six new flavors: caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. The bars are covered in 1% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They are great with your keto diet. The flavor profile on your cookies and cream bar, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams net carb. Go to BiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BiltBar.com. Now, like I said, we're going to do a little this or that. These players, same position. Positional rankings, and I went through a couple. Very, very close. Uh, big board-wise, again, very, very close. We're going to let Steve make his case for each one of these players. We'll start. Patrick Shutan Jr. versus J.C. Horn. Steven, go.
0: Oh, jeez. Uh, I told him uh, it to will... be easy. <laughs> I mean – Uh, First of all, (laughs) we should probably stipulate that, you know, I don't think either of us thinks they're going to be in range. Uh, These
1: aren't necessarily Browns targets, no, folks.
0: Right. Um, (sighs) Golly. Uh, I mean, I guess I'm going to probably have to go with Sertan. Um, But, jeez, is there a wrong pick? Uh, (laughs) uh, If you forced me, you know, let's say by some miracle they were both on the board. At 26, I mean, Sertan, I think, and because they're not uh, really on the board for us, I have not dug into them as much as I have the ones that I think are realistic, but as far as I know, Sertan's got uh, a bit more versatility and and a few more plays on the ball, but boy, boy, I love Horn. you know what, I would probably do? I don't know if, if you remember, you're old enough to remember uh, the Mad About You episode where they had the coin the of destiny. That's what I would do <laughs> in this situation. I would, because there's no wrong answer, really. I, I probably Sertan by a by a nose, but good grief, no wrong answer there.
1: For me, it would be JC Horn. But again, I mean, you're talking about splitting the most minute of right. at this point. Um, either one of these players is going to end up being, you know, the first cornerback selected in this draft, and rightfully so. And either one of them could probably go as early as maybe 10 to the Dallas Cowboys and possibly be the first defensive player selected in the 2021 NFL draft. Next one, addresser, Joseph Osei, Jason Owa.
0: Um, Osei, oh, <clears throat> excuse me, for me, just because – well, I mean, all the reasons that have been stated, uh, I mean, disruption is production. And that's something that people uh, need to to understand. Just because O. Wade has a, had a goose egg in the sack column doesn't mean he wasn't in the backfield making life miserable for the other team quite frequently this year. And he had sacks in the previous year. So, you know, but... I think just from watching the two of them, he is far more athletic with projection that he can uh, learn the the skills, uh, whereas Osai is has shown improvement in the skill. He's only played the one year at, at yes. Edge, and he showed more proficiency with hand usage and footwork and that kind of stuff. Still has a ways to go, obviously, but he showed a progression from one year to the next that I personally, and I could be wrong, did not see with Oa. Um, and uh, plus his ability to drop and stuff like that that he has shown uh, in the years before this past year when he was solely an edge rusher, you know how I love versatility. Um, I always look at these things through the lens of the Browns, and I just think Osai is a better fit, uh, assuming the the rankings and the draft value are similar. Um, yeah, I, I would definitely go Osai there.
1: This one's a tough one, and you—it's you know, it, it's, uh, you know is in such a difficult situation because I mean you carry that and it's going to be the first thing that everybody talks about um even if he had four sacks everybody would talk about you know the athlete the testing you know which all oh, pans out um I do believe that, you know there's a possibility you know the Browns could sniff either one of these guys have the opportunity mm-hmm. um but like you said with with Osei where it's more of just still running around like a chicken without his head um, but where he's going to get the ability and the time to learn these things and, and get more comfortable. And now you're going to get to come in where you're going to basically get to pick the brain of three first round picks, um, you know, why you're doing every rep. So for, you know, he were to come in here for me. Yes. This one, well, as I, you know, as I would go with Joseph, i Jose, Um and this is one where I think he seemed to like kind of grow on people more as the process has gone on. Um, you know, I, I would say, you know, a month, six weeks ago, not as much, but certainly and, and I know within the you know the Browns community and obviously we all talk this is a player certainly that's growing you know on and you know I think the more and more people watch, the more and more people appreciate Joseph Ose's ability. Okay, third one. Okay, I, I'm I, say one
0: so I just want to say one thing about OA um, because <clears throat> excuse me, I've had people ask me you know you you never pick him in your in your mock drafts you never talk about him it's not because i don't like him it's because in the range where he's being projected i have multiple other edge rushers that i think are better fits there's a difference between you know i know i don't like that guy and i don't think he's a fit and where he's being projected i think there are better options that's that's what i want to say if they if they were to take away at 26 i i would be surprised but I get it, and I know you get it too. You see the line of reasoning that gets you there. Mm-hmm. Would not be my choice, but uh, he's worthy of a late day one, early day two selection. I don't think there's any question about that.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. And most of these simulators, you know, it's if you're going to pair him with the Browns, it's 26. Um, he's oh, not yeah. there at 59, and/or it's a trade back scenario. We'll get to the final of the three here: Ava McNeil, Davion Nixon. This is a difficult one here. Well, I mean, I don't know necessarily a difficult one here, but I know you were a big Alan McNeil guy.
0: Yeah, I like Nixon too. I like Nixon a lot more than uh, some other people apparently do. Uh, I did not realize that there was so much disagreement on him. He's athletic as hell. He's bursty. He's super strong. Uh, and he, he seems to be very smart. Um,
1: there ain't nothing to do in Iowa because every year these guys come out. I mean, they may <laughs> not be the greatest team ever, but when they, whatever prospects they have per year, these guys all test through the roof.
0: Yeah. I, you know, well, might as well study. There's still corn out there. Um, And I, I grew up in Ohio. I've been to Iowa countless times to perform. I always have a good time. If you're out there, don't get mad. It's a freaking corn joke. You live in Iowa. You should be used to it by now anyway. um, But yeah, if you ask me between those two, assuming their rankings are the same, roughly the same, I'm definitely going to go with the Lee McNeil just because I don't know. He's just got that, that thing that, that, it's maybe it's the effort maybe it's the attitude uh maybe it's the former running back thing that he's way more athletic than a guy with his build should be you know he's like like in the cartoons when you get chased down by a fat guy you go how did that guy chase me down well he's he's really super athletic that's that's i don't know there's something about his bowling ball physique and the way he has learned to instead of fighting the fact that he's an inch or two shorter than a lot of people would like he is Taken it to his advantage. He's he's leaned into it. The amount of times you see in his tape, him getting up underneath the pads of the guy in front of him immediately because he's an inch or two shorter, and just forklifting the dude. There's a ton of them, and I love that. I love the fact that he can push the pocket straight back, or he can get around you. And when you think about him in between the three former first round picks, like you said, on this defensive line, I think he could really, really flourish.
1: Uh, you know and th- there's a couple things here obviously at only six foot two it, but it comes to his advantage obviously it allows him to keep his center of gravity his base more mm-hmm. intact the former running back instincts and you know it's weird you don't talk so much you know about interior defensive line play and you know about as far as like read and recognition but the former running back in him you know he understands well if the guard is taking this step, then most likely the ball is going in this direction, mm-hmm. which aids him tremendously in his first step and, you know, his ability to do what he's got to do. And the other thing is th- the body size is perfect at, you know, the 6'2", 320. He's thick everywhere he needs to be, like, completely body-wise finished product. He's like, all right, well, welcome to the club. There's the gym. You don't need any help. Obviously, whatever you've been doing for your career, <laughs> just stick with it. Uh, just don't get too big. You know, don't be losing any weight, exactly what you are. Yeah, just come in here, plug people, jack them up here for the next few years. That's what we need you to do. And if you actually think about a pairing, you know, at times of him on the field with Andrew Billings, who one of the calling cards for Andrew Billings was he was such a crazy athletic guy for his size, similar to Alan McNeil, makes for a, you know, a fun, fun tandem when you're talking about, you know, the twin towers, you know, the, <laughs> I mean, between Garrett and, you know, Clowney who could be running around right next to him, just an insane, insane duo from that respect. We got some listener questions here. We'll get to Steve w- with those. Again, guys, thanks for sending them on over. As we continue here on Locked On Browns, Bet Online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football may be over, college basketball may be over, but the NBA, the NHL, MLB, and of course NFL, NFL draft prop bets all available. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code all caps no space locked on. Bet online, your online sports book experts. First one here, and I actually may know the answer to this, so we're going to see how this one goes. Steve, your day three must-have prospect. I can think of one that I think you would say. Let's see.
0: Um, Must-haves on day three. Um, well, if you believe the current rankings, Amir Smith-Marset would be uh, up there. Um, Trill Williams, uh, still mostly ranked on day three, uh, I think is up there. A um, couple of tight ends if they decide to go that way. Trey McKinney, Quentin Morris uh, would be out there. Um, I don't know if there's anybody that I would consider as a must-have. There's a lot of guys that will be very, very interesting. Um, if Kendrick Green or David Moore. No, 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 no it's David Moore. Line. That was the
1: one. David Moore yeah, was the one if, I was waiting for.
0: If either of those guys are still around on day three, and it's questionable, it's 50-50, I think, from what I've seen lately. Um, that would be, those would be tremendous picks if they're not happy with their in-house, uh, offensive line options. And they have a ton already. Uh, they may not make a, a, an offensive line pick in this entire draft and you could easily justify it. So, yeah, uh, there, there's a, there's a bunch of guys on day three that, uh, that could definitely be interesting. I mean, the Derek, I, Derek Forrest, I did, I honestly, I, I knew nothing about him until I saw that they had met with him. And the more I've looked at him, the more I like him. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I really like uh, the way he's shaping up out there. And he's, and um, uh, Darren Hall at uh, San Diego State is the same way. Really, really like that guy's tape. Um, but, you know, I'm supposedly Nate Hobbs they've met with uh, or talked to a couple of times. He's got crazy athleticism. Not sure what you do with him in the backfield. Um, um, there, there's a few guys. Uh, but, yeah, as far as must-haves, if they're there, ooh, boy, yeah, probably ISM or uh, or David Moore Kendrick Green would be would top that list for me.
1: Okay. And next from Mr. David Whitman, though doubtful, what would a trade up in the first look like?
0: Mm. Um um well, I guess it depends on how far you want to go off. I mean, I saw somebody yesterday uh saying that the charts were telling them they could get to 14 with Minnesota with just 26 and 91. Uh in which case and I, I i have no idea, especially in this year, if that how much validity that has. But if that's the case and they have, you know, Sertan or Horn or, you know, whoever it is that's ranked in the top 10 is still there and the Vikings are on the phone, I could be talked into that. I still think a trade down or and or out into next year's uh, assets is more likely than a big move up. But for 14 and or for, I'm sorry, for 26 and 91. If they think a guy is, you know, I mean, let's say they have Horn ranked as their fourth overall rated player on the entire board and he's there at 14. Well, that's just insane value. And a top five ranking means you think he's a franchise changer. So I could be talked into it. I think more realistically, if a guy that they love, whoever that may be, gets past Miami, I think it gets you start thinking about it maybe at 14, 15, if Hoodie is on the phone. But I think you get serious around Washington football team at 19 uh, because moving up that far is not going to cost you a bundle. Um, You're not going to, you know, bankrupt next year's draft or day three of this draft or take away assets that you might use to move up from 59 or 89, which I actually think is more likely. Um, Yeah, but to get to 19, let's say 26 and what? 110 or or something like that. I don't know. Uh, Maybe you throw a player involved there, uh, something like that. Uh, It's not going to be I I think the question is really do you see a giant move? And I I think you're with me on this, uh, Jeff. I don't – I would be very surprised if there's anything that involves, you know, uh, next year's one or next year's two or you cripple yourself for the the following year. I just just don't see that happening uh, on night one. A small move is far more likely, I think. I I don't know if you'll ever see that
1: from, you know, because they, they, this organization does not think one year at a time now. And they, in order to combat everything, you want to be able to make sure you have as much as you can within reason mm-hmm. of resources, of cap, of draft allocution. Obviously, while continuing to work on your roster and trying to keep it as deep and lengthened as possible. Well, and the something? other,
0: yeah, the other thing is too. I think we've all, especially here in this last few day run up, we all get caught up in thinking that this is it. After round seven closes, it's not like the roster is locked until next year's draft. There's going to be trades. There's going to be uh, free agent signings after the draft. There's the last week of camp, all the waiver wire pickups and trades that happen then. And this might be finally the year that the the Uh, trade deadline really comes into play because you and I, we get these questions every year and, you know, uh, why aren't they trading next year's two for so-and-so and and -and so-and-so? Well, because yeah, that guy's good, but is he going to take them to the mountaintop? They're, They're not close enough to take them for one guy, one trade to give up next year, to give up the future to try and win it this year. Well, this year they might be. So that trade deadline could be, this could be finally the year where they make that kind of all in move. And we need to remember that this, this front office may be looking at this, like, okay, we're going to get 80, 90% of this done. And then we're going to evaluate for the first eight week. I don't know when the trade deadline is week eight, week nine, week 10, whenever it is this year, you know, and then we're going to reassess, you know, which is a valid uh, uh, way to do it, especially when you're trying to, like you said, build not only for this year, but for the future. So if they don't address every single thing in these three days coming up next weekend, don't panic. There's still plenty of opportunities between now and when somebody hoists the Lombardi.
1: Um, and, you know, I, and I love your point there. And it makes me think similar to obviously not last season, the season before when the Ravens went out and brought in Marcus Peters, you know, something uh,
0: mm-hmm. you know, of that, Hey,
1: we think we're really good. Maybe just need one more little finishing right. touch here. And obviously he wasn't the reason, obviously the Titans, just beating the brains out of the Ravens, they did make that acquisition though, and did end up to be the number one seed uh, in the 2019 season. Steve, we haven't heard a lot of running backs from it. A lot about running backs from you this draft season. Give me one—one one of your absolute favorites in this class.
0: Oh golly! Uh, well, if you're talking about things, uh, guys that uh, I think might actually be on the table for the Browns, you're, you're looking at day three guys. Um, uh, we both like. Kahlil, um, Khalil Herbert, uh, Jamar Jefferson, I still like. I know he didn't test well, uh, but I just like the way he plays. Uh, Elijah Mitchell at Louisiana is another guy on that day three range. Deion Jackson, there's a a sleeper for you. A guy from Duke, he's he's just silky. Mm -hmm. Um, He's good in the pass game. He's good at pass blocking. Um, One cut kind of guy. I like him. And, uh, you know, if they're going to relax that age, guardrail by the time he's uh in range our 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 buddy Kane a uh, you know who i'm talking about Kane na Wu from iowa state is very very interesting uh super fast uh, boy can he put his foot in the ground and go would we be immediately able to contribute in the kick return game um already 23 so that's an issue but is that going to be an issue at the range of the draft where he's being projected and at running back, where it's unlikely they give a lot of second contracts, I don't know. It's up in the air. But uh, yeah, there's a few guys in this class that are that are fun down in that range where they might be taking a look. I mean, you could even throw Puka Williams in there, and he's a bit undersized, but if he falls to a certain range, he's got a lot of fun tape.
1: Yeah, and I think Puka Williams would just scream to get to play with anything other than. The University of Kansas football program, um, <laughs> <just> <laughs> give me around some talent, John. I love John Costco. I love you, but uh, y- even you can admit the program—it just—it just ain't happening in Manhattan, Kansas these days. Um, with that, we're going to put a wrap on this. Uh, obviously, Steve, uh, part of the uh, OBR, the folks over there, um, fantastic uh, effort, job, everything they've done. You know, eight days ago here, still trying to crank out as much information for all the readers uh, and viewers. Of course, as we get closer and closer here. To you know, unveiling this party come April 29th in Cleveland for everybody getting to go, be a part of it, enjoy yourselves, be safe. You know, obviously it's going to be a little bit less than what the city was hoping for, but hey, uh, you're going to get to go, you're going to get to be involved, you're going to get out of the house, uh, so enjoy every damn second of it. Uh, all things OBR, make sure you checked out, you subscribe for all, all, you know everything over there from Steve. Make sure you are following at Browns Mock Draft. Um, you know, you get you know, great, uh, you know, gifts of cheers, which I always appreciate. Um, you know, anything else that comes along, talking to the ball and then maybe come, you know, second week of May, Steve's going to go hide away for a week or two, get his sanity back or what's left of it. Um, make sure you go ahead and you're following Steve. Uh, me personally, again, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, throw a follow. DMs are open. Questions, ideas. You know, I guys got you covered here. I've got a light work schedule here uh, to take me through through next week, um, which is good. Um, it'll, A, help me keep my sanity. Um, but, uh, B, you know, always, you know, never easy when you're married. Always a bunch of things going on. And uh, Mrs. L could certainly use the extra help around the house these days. So we're going to be a part with that. The show itself at On Browns followed by. Count DMs are open wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, whether it is the brand new Odyssey app. Make sure you are following Locked On Browns. Dryden Reviews. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.